0: Camp. let me ask you about tonight. How do you and your hardball cages from Lakeland plan to put the lid on Luka Doncic and his razzmatazz hot stiddly do on the money-making end of the court? Greetings, earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. <laughs> if I hit him high, hit him high, hit him high. If you hit him low,
1: hit him low, I'm hit him low. Going straight to the
0: hole. You ain't got no game. I'm breaking you out the frame, coming through. 101.5 UMFM Thank you for tuning in to Gamer Runs My name is Neil Noonan alongside me, my main man, Sue Rich Kanda How you
1: doing, sir? I'm doing well, man And uh, you know what? It, it feels good to be here uh, It feels good to be in the thick of uh, the basketball seasons You know, um, just wanted to give a quick shout-out uh, I want to thank Bison Sports for bringing me back I get to do some play-by-play for the Bisons I just want to give a shout-out to uh, Isaac Miller-Joes. Oh, <laughs> <ho, ho, ho. laughs> I, so I want to start this off. We don't <laughs> give the Bisons enough shine here uh, on the basketball, the U you Manitoba and Winnipeg's only basketball uh, podcast and radio show. That we know of. Uh, that we know of. So we're the best. That's so. relevant. That yes. matters. Uh, this is the only one. And uh, big shout out to Isaac Miller-Joes for putting him down. One of the nastiest dunks of the season.
0: Yeah, dog, and you had a great call on it, too.
1: I appreciate that very much, but let's not take away from how phenomenal, uh, how easily that dude jumps out of the gym. Without a doubt, uh, one of the nastiest,
0: if not the nastiest dunk I've ever seen in Investors Group Athletic Center. Uh, A joy to watch both uh, men's and women's bison basketball teams uh, sweeping uh, their uh, home openers this weekend, so a good start to the basketball season, and a good start to your play calling this year as well. They're a great start to your producing, my friend. Oh man, the replays are for real now. We got a uh, multiple camera action. Uh, we're putting on a real show. Hey, so CanadaWest.tv. TV. Oh, they're presented by Co-op. You know it. <laughs> but uh, we like to talk NBA on this show as much as we like to show love to the hometown Bison's. And I got a new little segment for you. I, I, we don't do segments very often in this show.
1: No. Because,
0: I mean, sometimes it could be a little cliche, you know, it could be a little hack kind of thing. But there are a few headlines, a few takes, I'd say, throughout the week that I took note of that I thought we could go down, like, multiple rabbit holes on either one. I'm calling this the NBA takeout menu because I'm going to serve you a menu of about five hot takes that I heard this year or the, this last week throughout podcasts, Reddit, um, Instagram. All, all the different venues that we've talked about, as far as where we get our NBA entertainment and news, and I'm gonna let you choose what you order and what we talk about. All right? Okay. Your menu for today's very first and foremost, and I can't believe this happened last week because it seems like it was so long ago. But Cat won the fight with Embiid. Cat won the fight with him. Coming from Jalen Rose, take number one. Take number two coming from Nate Duncan of uh, the Dunked On Podcast and of uh, the Hollinger and Duncan Podcast. The Warriors will have a top 10 draft pick this year. Will be in the lottery. That is coming off, obviously, Steph Curry's broken hand. Going to be out at least three months. Probably won't see him until after the All-Star break. Nate Duncan. Saying the Warriors will have a top 10 draft pick this year. Number two, coming from No Dunks. And this was kind of a conversation that they were having. Luka is already a top 10 player in the NBA. (sighs) Top 10. And you better believe I have a list of uh, all top 10 players right now. So that would be interesting. Take number two comes from Kevin Durant himself. Kyrie is an artist. Okay. (laughs) And last but not least, take number five is coming from Howard Beck of Bleacher Report. Mark Jackson will take over the Knicks from Mr. Fizdale after not only an awful start but playing their rookie upwards of 40 minutes a night in 20-point blowouts, not playing Mitchell Robinson af- at all, and starting four power forwards in their starting lineup. You got five takes there, sir. Which one would you like to order first?
1: I think you said take two like three times. So I'm not going to go with any of the take twos. Okay. Um... I want to hear how Cat won the fight between, um, I guess, cats and lions. <laughs> okay, okay. I want to yeah, hear yeah, about. Yeah. I want to hear about the cat fight.
0: <laughs> I don't have the clip because this was on the Jalen jo- uh, Jacoby podcast. But basically, breaking down that what did Cat lose in this fight?
1: Hmm. He lost the war with He lost. Okay. The reason I like Joel Embiid is that Joel Embiid is the closest thing we have to a wrestling figure in basketball. Absolutely. He cuts the best promos. He does the best social. He's got the edgiest uh, troll-like habits. And he's got the game to back it up. And he's got the game to back it up. He always performs in ring and is a five-star performer when he's healthy. All of that said, he's, he's, he's been given the the, the helm of uh, being a modern Shaq. Kat, someone... People took very seriously as a possible Tim Duncan filler uh, as Tim Duncan exited the league, and there was promise that Cat showed. So, uh, you know, both these guys are coming from, you know, um, they have a lot of big shoes to fill in terms of, you know, their games and their talent, their skill, and what they could provide on the court. I think what Cat lost was just the war with words. In terms of the scuffle, I guess he didn't really lose anything. He, uh... He stood his ground, and you can't but help appreciate. Now that you're having me talk through it, I, I sympathize with what Jalen's saying. You can't help but help appreciate that Cat refuses to back down.
0: Right. Which? What's the thing that people have been talking about, Cat? F- this entire time, he's a phenomenal fantasy player he's because soft. he puts up, yeah, exactly, he's right, soft. puts up numbers, but he's soft. So going up against arguably, I would say, his biggest competitor, not only figuratively but literally. Um, And not backing down to this scuffle, or as Charles Barkley calls it, like a little hug. And then he gets headlocked on the ground, right? By Ben Simmons. By Ben Simmons. He, I would say, adequately comes back to Joel Embiid on Twitter and Instagram, which I think you can, it's not even, it's objective that Embiid is just better at that kind of stuff. Cat kind of held his own. Came back. Gave the whole sarcastic font kind of thing. <laughs> their locations were hilarious, obviously on the Instagram, uh, on their Instagram posts. But I think what Jalen was saying, as far as Cat winning this fight with Embiid, is that Cat just didn't lose anything in this entire thing and stood up for himself, stood up for kind of his place in the league, stood up for his team, the four and one Minnesota Timberwolves right now. I think that's where Jalen's going at. He didn't lose the fight. Did he win it? I mean, what kind of, like, it's not like they're throwing punches anyways, right? Yeah, There wasn't really much to lose. Um, He did get a thumb in the eye, I guess.
1: That is kind of a bummer. It looks pretty gnarly. Right. Um, But yeah, you know what? I guess you're right. Do you think anything more of Embiid after this? No. I think his level of thought and attention shined through. Because not only is he so good with his words and trolling and everything, he wrote a whole response on Kat's Instagram post and then deleted it himself, allegedly, and then framed Kat for deleting his post, <laughs> for deleting his comment. Just next level trolling. Yeah. He, he commented on Kat's Instagram and deleted it and then posted on his story. Dude, hid or delete my post. What a guy. Like, is that not so well thought out and so crazy that it had to force Carl Anthony Towns' Instagram manager to mention that we didn't delete anything? That it, That is why I'm so happy that, yes, he got caught. Um And you might think less of him because of that i think more of him because of that like he thought it out that much like i'm gonna make you look way more sensitive not only am i calling you um a sensitive cat if you will um but i'm gonna i'm gonna put more on you i'm gonna fake news you (laughs) like that's that's the level of troll that Embiid is so i think more of both of them coming out of
0: this quick side uh quick sidebar what percentage of nba all-stars have a social media manager
1: oh man is it above 50
0: yes yeah okay
1: yes um they at least have someone and if not they have an agent who they work in correspondence with what they post right right so if not a social media manager an agent is that not fair Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, at least someone giving
0: them advice and guidance as far as what to post and what not to post.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think there's very few players who, like, you got to be out of the league and have, like, you got to be no chill Gil. You got to be Gilbert Arenas to truly be, like, yourself on Instagram. Just letting it fly. (laughs) Yeah, there's very few who actually let it fly. And uh, I think Embiid Embiid has his homies write his stuff up with him, and he posts it for the most part. Embiid probably is one of those dudes who is close to having no leash on social media.
0: Incredible, man. I'm so glad this happened so early into the season. I mean, it it is too bad that these teams do not face each other until March, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Which is really too bad. But, I mean, they're two of the top players in the league, and them going at each other for probably the next decade or so is going to be super interesting. So, I mean, the more more love lost between these two, I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. Uh, The more... I hate to say this, but the more altercations in the NBA, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of the better. Word, <laughs> it's, it's kind of dope, man.
0: Without a doubt, everyone's saying that everyone, the players love each other so much, and the AAU generation—they're all buds, they're all friends. Yo, give me more headlocks,
1: straight up. Give yeah. me more headlocks. <laughs> give me, give me some bully <laughs> stuff,
0: man. Was there anything else on the take menu that uh, you want to dive into a little bit?
1: Steph Curry, okay, greatest shooter of all time. Yeah. Uh, injured hand. Three months. <laughs> out for three months, at least. Like at reevaluated
0: least. the classic word that like we'll take a look at this again in three months. Once the bone isn't in two anymore. And when they're what nine and forty one or something going into the All Star break. Yeah. And coming out of that. Uh,
1: so Nate Duncan's take, if I if I remember correctly, uh, Nate Duncan's take was that they will be in a top ten pick. Yes. Which makes sense because I believe Nate Duncan also said they have one of the weirdest protected picks of all time. Yeah. Th- they have a top 20 protected pick, and if it doesn't convert, it becomes a 2025 second rounder. <laughs> yeah, like, who agreed to this? <laughs> who? That's such awful pick protection. Like, oh my god like I guess I guess the team getting the pick I don't remember where it's going Brooklyn Broken this, into, this. is part because KD. This, this, this is the D-Lo journey? Yeah,
0: well, because KD didn't want to go straight up for D-Lo. Yeah. So it's like, you guys have to put a pick in there or else this isn't going to work. It's like, I can't be even with d Come on.
1: Guess what? He's going to be even with d because that pick's staying, man. Oh, yeah, they're going to be, I think they're going to be a top, they're definitely going to be a top 20 pick. There's no getting around that.
0: I think the thought behind that from Sean Marks was that, like, at least at 2025, which is the furthest it can go out, there's the most
1: chance that they're going to be awful. Right. Yeah, so it'll be a good second rounder, like a late first rounder, almost. maybe. Sure.
0: In the best case scenario, but you're right, and it's it's crazy that like as soon as this happened, and I'm not saying people are faking injuries, but immediately Draymond Ligerman in his uh, middle finger, if I'm not mistaken, on his left hand, uh, D'Lo right ankle right ankle, pardon me, injury, and the starting lineup for the Warriors the other night was Kai Bowman. I'm sorry, who? Jordan
1: Poole. Okay.
0: Glenn Robinson III. Big shouts to GRT. Yeah, without a doubt. Eric Pascal and Willie Cauley-Stein, who's now back from injury.
1: I only know one's Pascal, and he's spicy.
0: You yeah, are, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Willie
1: Cauley-Stein, shouts to him. I still believe in dubsters. Yeah, no dubsters. doubt. Uh,
0: but I feel like now he's a trade chip Because they, even Kevin Looney, uh, Kavon, of me, is, is injured as well. So, like, they're... I mean... Coming from a guy who drafted Steph Curry first overall, not first overall, my first draft pick in uh, Fantasy League. Okay. I still think the Warriors just got to shut this down.
1: You drafted like, Steph?
0: Yeah. Damn. Sixth pick. I know. it's It hurts. And Zion. Ooh, <laughs> the fantasy team is hurting right now. But we're not here to talk about that. Yeah. I There's just, there's not a lot of bright side to, to bringing these guys back. And I know they're competitors. I know they're going to want to play. I think seeing Draymond out there by himself would be very sad for almost all parties involved. And <laughs> I, I think Delo, I really don't know if his stock will rise or fall. I really think he would probably fall if he was out there kind of by himself. And I, I'm I also a firm believer that the Timberwolves are going to want to take him anyways, like give him maybe a few draft picks, Jeff Teague's expiry deal, whatever that turns out to be so that they can get him because I know they wanted him in uh, free agency and everything but man uh, it's just looking real grim for the warriors first first year in this uh, brand new billion dollar arena and uh, they're putting out a g league team right now
1: so what recent rebuilds can you think of uh the celtics how they bounced back fairly quickly the heat i could i think we could confidently say they've bounced back now they're looking good this year um The Suns, baby. Oh, Marty S- Williams, Suns. Yeah, the Suns. Um, so those are some rebuilds that kind of uh kind of have worked out, I guess I'll say. The Mavs? The Mavs have clearly bounced back, yeah. Um, I think at the league moves at a faster pace than it did even ten years ago. Absolutely. So who's to say the Warriors? You get Dre, Clay, and Steph healthy at the start of next season, you have an incredibly great team. Yes, they're in their early 30s. Sure, that's a genuine concern. But that's still a, uh, what, a seven seed, six seed, at least? Oh, yeah. And that's well, being very conservative.
0: I think people forget how good Clay is. Yeah. Like, Clay is incredible on both ends and completely opens up the floor for whoever those four guys are on it with him. Yeah. So if you got those three guys coming out, I think Kavon Looney really came on last year, right? Both, like, Steve Kerr, there's a reason he played him a lot because yeah. he trusts him in the in the back end there on defense. You get whatever, whether it's D'Lo or whatever you get for D'Lo, and then your draft pick this year, which Duncan thinks is going to be in the top 10, I mean, you're, you're putting together another playoff team
1: 100%. Who do you think... What what pick do you think it has to be like? How bad do you think the Warriors have to be for this to actually be the David Robinson situation?
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the go-to kind of comparison people are using right now because when David Robinson got hurt and the and the Spurs tanked back in what was it ninety-seven or whatever to get Duncan, and then that led them to, I mean, one of the greatest twenty years of a sports franchise for sure. It's easy to look at that, right? Because you have championship caliber players on this team that are gone and you might get a chance to sneak into this draft. We talked a little bit off air of, do we know anybody in this draft besides the third ball brother? (laughs) And we both just kind of threw up our hands and have no idea. So how... You ask me how valuable or how high does this pick need to be to be valuable in a draft where we're both going into it. And I mean, come on, it's November, right? So Uh there's guys that are obviously going to pop and March Madness changes everybody's mind every single year. But does it have to be a top five pick? I mean, it was the Lakers got what, the fourth pick and they put that in the AD trade? Yeah. Right. So I think... You have to be top five to be, to have like a real kind of blue, tri- blue chip draft pick, you know, to get something out of it, right? And uh, what that is, I have no idea, but I feel like it's got to be top five. And when you're looking at the rest of the league right now, I mean, they're going to be fighting with the Memphis Grizzlies, the Knicks, the Wizards. Probably the Pelicans and the Kings, the Cavs. Like, man, ooh, the bottom 10 of this league is is pretty tough. Yo, right? don't
1: forget my boys in Chicago. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> They're, like, actively trying to lose games Yeah, to it, bad teams. Like, it's bad.
1: Yeah, it doesn't look good. Um, But, yeah, they'll be in that kind of realm. Um, And I don't know if they can truly be that bad because they have a good system. And they have a good, you know, they do have a good scouting department. So who's not to say that they won't fill out? well with d league and and overseas players right but with that said i opened up the mock drafts and you did make a good point i could not name off the top anyone except LaMelo ball but crazy that the thing's 2k do, does when you uh when you download draft classes from oncoming years that are fan made and there's parts of you that's like you you kind of become attached to these players we were fans of zion in 2017 not should be not just because of instagram but because we got to play as him in nba 2k18 and that that is a great measure to introducing uh the mainstream basketball fan toward the play style of an up-and-coming or a prospective talent, right? Man, in 2K17,
0: I drafted past, or uh, what, what was his name? Scal Labissier. Oh, <laughs> like Scal, Every time, man. yeah.
1: Unstoppable. He was nasty. Yeah. yeah. Um, or Harry Giles, too, right? Oh, That's yeah. That's a great point you're making. So I'm looking at the mock draft. Um, big shouts to my old roommate, Dave, who drafted James Wiseman onto his team and, and led the Nets to perennial uh, title contender. Uh, James Wiseman is slotted to go number two to Cleveland in the uh, NBA draft, mock draft. So um James Wisnen, Precious Achua, and uh and RJ Hampton. RJ Hampton is actually a familiar name as well. But th- those are familiar names. He's uh, the guy
0: that left to go play in New Zealand as well. Yes. That was that's why you know that name.
1: Yeah. So um there are some familiar names but uh there's nothing I see that would be, you know, at first glance. I I don't watch college ball. I'm not going to beat around that in any way. Um but if if there was anyone who would Possibly be able to ch- help the Warriors. I would, what kind of position would they draft for? A center or a power forward? I'd assume. Or just
0: go big on on a wing. You know, like who's who's at that three The best two right way now, guard
1: that, and, that you can get?
0: Right. Like right now, if if they were all healthy, Glenn Robinson the third would be their starting wing. Yeah. Right. So I I would think, th- and that's I would argue is the biggest swing position in the NBA. Like if you have a top fledged wing player. And I kind of want to get this with the whole Luca thing. If you have one of those guys, you're a contender almost. Yeah. Right? Because not only are they could play point forward kind of thing, but in this kind of NBA, those guys, Kawhi, LeBron, you put Giannis, Paul George, all those guys kind of together, right? Those are the guys that make a big difference both offensively and de- defensively. Oh, yeah. Right? So if they can take a big swing on whoever that is, um, it'd be really interesting. That's cool. for sure But it, it is really sad For Steph specifically I mean three months Without one of the, the Best players in the league One of the greatest guys In the league uh, it, It's just stuff all around You, you never want to see that
1: Have you ever broken Your hand Or a bone
0: I've broken my right thumb Upwards of like A half dozen times Like it was almost Like a yearly thing In football And I just kept going back And I kept getting the brace And like Now oh, I can like Basically like Bend my thumb back To like
1: ah! Yeah it's
0: pretty gross um, It's pretty loose but it was, like, double-jointed, and then I broke the bone a couple of times.
1: That's your shooting hand?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, like, the, the, the football definitely affected the basketball, both positively and negatively sometimes.
1: Okay, how do you, um, I mean, obviously, you didn't get to uh, benefit from NBA-level treatment and physio, and you also never had the NBA-level, you know, sort of training, but... How did your shot come back to form? How did your dribbling come back to It
0: form? never really did. Like, I think I developed a hitch for sure. So, like, coming in high school, like, that was probably my biggest, like, and I always played point because I'm five whatever, and my jump shot was by far the weakest point in my game. I could pass, I could dribble, I could play defense, but shooting was always a big yep. no-no for me, and that hurt my confidence and everything because I think I developed the hitch because of my thumb. I mean, the thumb's obviously big because you're supporting the ball in your hand. But luckily for Curry, it's his left hand, which is good, right? It's, It's not a shooting hand. But I think it's easy to kind of put aside how important... That non-dominant hand is still yeah. as in the shooting form as well, right? So, um, I think the three months is it's they phrased it the right way. They phrased it because they might as well just shut him down too. But uh, dude, he's been to five straight
1: finals. He's played more games than anyone in the league. Yeah, take the year off, man. The season just tickets chill. are sold, right? It's so common to uh, uh, this is taking load management to the next level. If they're light years ahead, uh, th- they get it. And, they, and that is shutting him down. Yeah, you'd hope so. Yeah. Uh, what else is on the menu? Yeah.
0: Last thing, I, I'm choosing this one. This is this is chef's choice because I think this is super interesting. And the more I think about it, um, I don't want to give away my my opinion, but uh, <laughs> the more interesting this is. Luca is a top ten player in the NBA. They were kind of talking yes. about this on the No yes. Dunks podcast. And I really started thinking about it. And it was one of those things where I was listening to it on a drive and I couldn't wait to actually put pen to paper and be like, okay, who are actually the top 10 people? And I went to the Sports Illustrated uh, ranks, the NBA ranks, like on ESPN. All these different sites do these now going into the year. It's a great rankings are perfect fodder for any NBA fan on the internet because people just get mad at them no matter what. Oh, yeah. And it's clicks, right? So I definitely get it. So I looked at all these lists, and I just wrote down my own. And these, okay, so this is including Kevin Durant, because...
1: Okay, are we including players who are injured? Yes. Oh,
0: okay. Because I, I, I think that's fair as far as, like, just calling someone a top 10 player of the NBA, right? Like, I'm not going to kick someone out because, or put somebody in because Durant isn't playing. Yep. Yeah. Because when you're talking about Durant, he's a top 10 player in the NBA. Like, just bar none. And I actually kind of found there's this weird little, like, and these aren't in any order, but there's kind of categories here. and They're not tiers. They're just kind of where they fit positionally. And we kind of talked about these guys, but these swing players on the wing. You got LeBron, you got Kawhi, you got Giannis and KD. Those four guys are, I think, objectively in the top 10 in the NBA.
1: LeBron, AD, Giannis, Kawhi.
0: Not, not AD. LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis, KD. Okay, yeah. Just big monsters on the wing. Yeah. Some would even say those are the four best players healthy in the league. Okay, that's fair. Bar none, right? And then you got the guards, right? You got Steph. Yeah. You got Harden. Okay. Me personally, and actually in a lot of these lists as well, say it. have Dame in it.
1: 100%. I, I, while you were writing, uh, or while you were speaking, I wrote down my top nine. I couldn't think of a tenth. And... uh Dame was a third name I put. Yeah,
0: one hundred percent. Dame is an absolute killer. Great dude on and off the court. I think he's in there for sure. And then you got the three bigs that have kind of taken over the NBA. And you could kind of talk about four. Give me my bread roll. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Give me (laughs) my bread roll. Say it. (laughs) You Jokic. Yes. You got Jokic. Right. Um, You got Jokic, Embiid, AD. I think the guy that falls out of that is Cat. And yes. if he has a year, continues to do what he's doing so far in this early year, I think he's part of that as well. That's 10 guys right there. Yeah. And that's 10 guys without Cat. And then you go to these guys that are kind of on the periphery. You got Paul George, right, that would kind of go in that, that first group of those big wings that make a big, uh, big deal in the court. Kyrie, Russ, Bradley Beal, Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, Pascal Siakam, Rudy, Gobert is
1: Luca better than all those
0: guys I just named?
1: Um, okay, so you said Paul George, yeah, and then you said someone else. Paul George, yeah. And then there's Bradley Beal. Stop. After Paul George is like like Paul, Ger- Paul George and Cat fall out of this. After those two names, I was like, oh yeah, Luca's better than everyone else. After that.
0: Okay, just Luca over, we're going to probably extend this to our uh, Apple Podcast show, so uh, head over, or just continue listening, because this is our live show here on 101.5 UMFM, and we're running out of time, but very, very quickly, and this is how we're going to end the show. You tell me if you're going to take Luca over the guy I mentioned. Okay. Paul George. Oh, tough. Right now, yeah. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns. Right now, yeah. Kyrie. Yeah, Russ. Yeah, McCollum. Yeah, Colbert. Yeah, Ben Simmons. Hmm. Yeah, Beal. Yeah, Butler. Yeah, Spicy P. I don't think so. Wow. Hey, what? A, what an incredible list. Okay, Luke is balling out. Paul George was the toughest one.
1: Paul George. He's Paul George. Is, fantastic.
0: Yeah, Paul George is a god. That'll do it for us. But please stick around if you are listening on your favorite podcast catcher of choice because we will continue this riveting conversation. But if you're listening live on 101.5 UMFM, follow us. Get at us on uh, any podcast. Just search Game of Runs. You'll find us there. But thanks for sticking with us here on the flagship 101.5 UMFM. Enjoy the basketball this week, y'all.
1: Wahoo. (laughs) Whee! Whoopah! <laughs> That's the one. That was the best one. Okay, let's finish these takes, man. I want to talk about Kyrie. Wah! Okay, Kyrie now. Okay. <laughs> and we
0: back and we back.
1: <laughs> Yo, no, we'll get to Kyrie. You didn't even s- you haven't even said if Lucas a top-tier player totally yet. <laughs> okay, <about Kyrie, man! laughs> um Luca is a top 10 player. Wow, okay. We went through all of that, and, and he is. Okay. You know why? You know why? Because there's always 15 top 10 players. Yeah. Hey, that might have been the most right-on thing you've ever said. <laughs> there's, always, there's always seven or eight top five players, and there's always 15 top 10 players. Very, That's very just how true.
0: it goes. Very, very true.
1: The politics of basketball.
0: He's killing it, though, man. Like, he... On Basketball References uh, MVP odds, he's number five right now. Can you guess the people in front of him?
1: On what? What? Which metric?
0: Basketball Reference always has like MVP odds, like an award tracker based on like team performance and their stats, and just like kind of putting in all the attributes to a likely MVP.
1: And there's five players ahead of him.
0: Yeah, top two guys have twenty seven percent. And then third and fourth have 13% respect, respectfully. And Luka Doncic coming in top five with a 6% chance right now at the MVP odds. Can you guess the four in front of him? Anthony Davis. Yes. He comes in at number three, 13% chance.
1: LeBron James? LeBron James, number
0: two at 27.5% chance. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, number
1: six. Oh, wow. At 3.5%. <laughs> yeah, Whoa. here we go. Yeah. Okay. Oh, damn. Really? Um, Oh, I guess I lost. Um, I can't think of... Giannis.
0: Giannis, number four at 13.2. You're missing number one, and we have talked about him on this very pod. Embiid? Carl Anthony Towns. The four and one Timberwolves. He has a 27.6% chance to be MVP if... The season ended today, 27 points per game, 4 assists, 12 rebounds, 2 blocks, 2 steals, shooting 55%, shooting 52 from beyond the arc. Wow. Yes, good for 4.5 threes per game. Dude is killing it all in 31 minutes.
1: You know what the Wolves have to say to that? Wahoo! (laughs) Weehee! Whoop-a! Okay, I'll stop with that. You're killing it though. You're killing uh, I'm it, though. getting better at the Mario ones. Uh, anyways, the um he's he's really good, man. I I just don't see how anyone could see this as sustainable measure, but that's why Basketball Reference has that metric. It updates as the games go on. 100%. Yes. And Carl Anthony Towns has a very hot start. And you know what? Maybe there's a little bit of spice in the cat right now. Maybe maybe he is the big cat. That we're all assuming, and not just a itty bitty witty little uh, putty cat.
0: I hope so, man. Like he, he. I mean, we've talked about Luga a lot about how much fun he is to watch. Cat, like a dominant cat, is also extremely fun to watch. That guy can do it from all spots in the court.
1: I remember you and I got to watch him kind of warming up and stuff, and then seeing him kind of move in the post during a preseason game here, and like he moved with such fluidity because that was his rookie season. I'll
0: never forget that.
1: He just moved. So differently.
0: I remember he was working out with his tr- with his trainers just one on one out of hoop, and we were like sitting in these chairs on the baseline. Just mesmerized. This was uh this was media availability for that preseason game that was in Winnipeg a few years back. And yeah, this was Cat's first year of the league, number one overall draft pick, and they were taking on the Bulls here in Winnipeg. And yeah, we were absolutely mesmerized. That's a great way to put it because the way this guy, who's, I mean, he's close to a seven-footer. I'm sure with the the new heights in the NBA, he's a little less than that. But the way he can move and how fluid he is, the what he can do with putting the ball on the floor. I remember he even, like, put the ball between his legs for a dunk just as he's just warming up, playing around. The dude's a monster. And if he can have any sort of support around him as a team, and, I mean, the 4-1, it is what it is. I know they've beaten up on some bad teams, but... I'm all in for a Karl-Anthony Towns year, like a, an all-NBA Karl-Anthony Towns year.
1: Yeah, and maybe going back to the Embiid Towns situation, maybe this is what he actually needs to yeah. become, to actually awaken. Light a fire under him. Exactly. So uh, I do have high hopes for Kat, and uh, th- this is still the Luka Doncic talk. Luka's deserving of all the praise as well. Uh, Luka's just hitting his stride a lot sooner than everyone anticipated. And... Um, He's just dumb good. He's, he's seriously dumb good. He's incredibly, he's fun to watch. By all accounts, so far, he's a good teammate. Um, he plays in not just an attractive manner, but a smart manner. And uh, sure, he could be a little better on defense. <laughs> With the offensive weight, uh, it's usually forgiven. So, of course. Yeah. What's uh, LeBron's famous stat line? 27-7-7.
0: Doncic this year twenty seven points ten rebounds and nine and a half assists per game through five games small sample size justified MVP odds right now oh my goodness dude is so much fun to watch uh and like I cannot believe Kawhi is six though it is pretty crazy yeah I think it's because he I I think he's missed two games if I'm not mistaken okay that's fair maybe just one game but uh, I mean Kawhi is also dumb good right now. And when he is playing, I think he is the best player in the league, bar none. The dude is not only doing exactly what we saw with him doing with the Raptors last year, but his passing has been so much better as well. Um, the way he's facilitated all uh, through these wins has been incredible. And, of course, the classic, just <laughs> the steals. He had one on Bogdanovich against the Utah the other day, where it just literally, Man-handled. He, he doesn't steal the ball; he just takes it away from people. You're <laughs> not, not a lot even of players do that.
1: Yeah, you're not even like thinking about like you 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 don't even dribble yet. You're kind of serving the floor, and you don't expect he he got mugged. Yeah, he literally got <laughs> mugged on the court. It was pretty bad. And uh, Kawhi does that to people. Kawhi and almost ended Ben Mclemore's career in real time as he got uh, two steals on him. He uh, may cause have
0: because could... is he even in the league? I don't think. He <laughs> yeah, so he did. <laughs> 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 You're ruthless, man. You're yeah. ruthless. Okay, let's let's get the Kyrie talk. I think. To, sorry, to end this Luca talk, I would say he's kind of fighting with Carl Anthony Towns and Paul George for that like last, I would say, official top ten spot. You yeah. know, but I mean, that's that's pretty damn good company for a second year player.
1: Yeah, and um, he's a top ten. He's a top ten to me. He's a top ten to us. Hundred uh, percent. Because there will always be more top tens in. The tens.
0: donk, baby. Way too much fun. Now, speaking of way too much fun. Oh man, Kyrie Irving, man. The floor is yours. K D calling him an artist. What's your say?
1: Kyrie and I are the same age. I say that every time I talk about Kyrie.
0: It kind of puts things into context when you think that way. I do that with Kawhi a lot. He's like
1: You're the Kawhi same is a ninety one. Yeah. Just like me. I'm a ninety two. Kyrie's a ninety two. Uh, I have no problems talking about mental health. I, I, I've dealt with mental health issues, and I've uh, dealt with some anxiety and depression, and definitely uh, a lot more people than they let on deal with seasonal uh, seasonal affective disorder uh, in, in Winnipeg. Um, and should you feel comfortable, you should reach out to people uh, who you know care about you or professionals uh, about your help. Um, but Kyrie Irving's mental health was brought into this, and I can't help but think how that money or position or power or skill would change me. And Kyrie Irving's in a dumb, an incredibly tough position where he was he was a number one pick. He was renowned as one of the brightest young things to come into the league. And then he got it all put on him as soon as LeBron James joined his spotlight. Kyrie Irving um, grew to become one of the best clutch players. Uh, of of his you know of his stature, one of the most uh, fun to watch players, and now he's kind of in this position of his own leadership. Uh, coming into his own position of leadership came from one kind of wanting to take the floor away from LeBron, not not take the shine away from LeBron, but like he wanted to run the team, right? Um, and then that was part of his reasoning before going to Boston. He can be a leader for these guys, and then it's so. Happened to turn out, he wasn't a great chemistry fit, and he wasn't a great leader for these guys. And he could be a great leader elsewhere. It's just he wasn't a great leader for this culture of basketball in Boston. And as he made his way to uh, the Nets, he's kind of joining a young, a young franchise. Uh, the Nets have been around forever, but not this iteration of the Nets. You have a new owner. You have team. You have a uh, couple players on the roster who have not tasted a level of success that these three imports have. DeAndre Jordan, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. So, as a 27-year-old, when you're tasked with all that, and then it comes out uh, through ESPN. Uh, Jackie McMullen did a great little piece. I I don't even know if I would consider it a great piece. It was a it was a it was a piece, and it, of course Jackie McMullen's an incredibly great writer. But determining if it's great or not is subject to how you think it affects people personally, and how it actually gets the media and people talking about it. As a press piece, I think it did a great job. As a personal piece, I think it put Kyrie in a really tough position where aggregators and the headlines really got to Kyrie's identity. Um, Kyrie Irving is someone who is, uh, had to deal with being outed as a flat earther, possibly. Who knows if he's trolling? Um, he He's been outed as someone who... Kind of speaks in almost Illuminati-esque terminology sometime in Twitter. He came out and said, uh, had the best non-statement of the whole NBA China situation, where he had four things, inner peace, world peace, uh, freedom, personal freedom, and equality or something. Um, Those are the four things that matter to him, and if something is being disrupted, he's going to say something about it. Kyrie Irving says he's going to say something about it, but it's also come out in that article and through aggregators, um, he's had episodes where he doesn't speak to his coaches or teammates, and that's an issue. Uh, Communication is obviously one of the biggest factors, especially when you're basically living with these guys, and that's an issue uh, if you can't communicate uh, with them. If that's mental health-related and he just needs to shell himself away, I totally sympathize with that. That's really tough. But it it was an episode as previous as going to China – some preseason games you just joined this team and you're having this episode in another country it would obviously be concerned to Nets front office that you know maybe the rumors or maybe the scouting report on Kyrie Irving as uh, not being problematic but being a complex individual are true and maybe that's something to be seriously concerned about for one Covering your bases as a franchise, and two, this dude's own personal health. So,
0: man, so many ways to go with that. Very thought thoughtful response. I understand why you wanted to talk about Kyrie now. Yeah, I mean,
1: I I could, as you do with Kawhi, like that's such a tough position to be in. For those who didn't read or uh, didn't check out anything about the Kyrie piece, I have some jot notes here. Um, when he was asked to join in on performance data mounting procedures, which would include wearing uh, these wearables, like heart rate monitors and everything, um, Kyrie uh, kind of brushed it off, said he wasn't wasn't really fond of it. And then sternly said after some, uh, you know, after they tried to egg him on to do it, uh, I'm not doing it, just very clearly. Um, and that's the Nets, like, they have a very rigid program. Um, it's been quoted from, uh, from a Boston Celtics staffer that he has infamous mood swings close quote that's a that's a very interesting way to put it uh you alluded to the kd statement i look at Kyrie as someone uh, somebody who is an artist you have to leave him alone you have to know what he'll bring to the table every night because he cares so much about the game is that ultimately what matters is it okay that michael jordan was an ass face to his teammates but ultimately they got together on the court and they won <laughs> Ass face. I, I realized if I changed face to whole I might not be able to say it in whole on <laughs> on radio. Uh, big shouts free range radio and artistic expression. Uh, and shouts to UMFM for allowing us to say the things we're allowed to say. But and the ass face is, is safer. Yeah. <laughs> ass face. Ass face is safer. Um, but yeah. Um, th- th- there's those sort of situations. And is he is he an artist? Well, an artist is anyone who creates something, I guess. As an overarching term. He uh, creates mixtapes, that's for sure. Kyrie Irving is a complex individual. Some would say Kanye West is a complex individual. Kanye West pisses me off, dude. I, I went from being a huge Kanye West fan to being someone who has to think of him as a complex individual and have to take what I like from him and openly disagree and not support other parts of him. And that's the same, I think, that we have to do with Kyrie. Yeah,
0: I mean, so you actually took two comparisons right out of my head and said it yourself, both the MJ and Kanye kind of thing, right? Because in, in in different respects, for sure, because Kyrie absolutely still performs on the court, regardless of what happens off of it, right? Like this year, he's averaging 30 points per game. Oh, he's killing this it. Season. Uh, put up a 50-piece, right? Uh, almost had a chance to to win that game at the buzzer as well. He's been sensational on the court. He is a sensational basketball player. Probably the, actually, not even probably, he objectively has the best handles in the league. Yeah. And we talk about this a lot, but I'm a firm believer that handles is not just dribbling, but it's it's in the air as well. It's it's your hands on the ball and, and what you do with that, and he's r- incredible.
1: He's also one of the greatest layup makers of all time.
0: Exactly, and that goes right hand-in-hand hand with with the handling, right? Yeah. Um, incredible. He, he's flashy. He's super fun. To watch uh, he shows up in big games he's incredibly clutch but yeah he absolutely is a complex individual off the court. I'm gonna knock down a few things that you just brought up as far as the points go and 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 this is this is Jackie Mack reporting she is a reporter she is a storyteller. It is too bad with where we are in sports media that the the quotes on the Instagram page become the story. Yes. It's, it's not the 1,000 to 2,000 words that Jackie Mack spent lots of time interviewing and reporting and chiseling down with their editor to put on the site. It's that one quote that gets put up by...
1: Hundreds of Instagram pages.
0: All of them. And if you're listening to the show, you I know you're following those accounts as well. We see them, and, I mean, Score Media does this more than anyone i feel like as far as like a canadian sports consumer they're constantly if you go on their page i think they're posting almost upwards of 20 instagram posts a day a lot of them are quotes from stories about players and there's just one quote but people take it they run with it and that kind of becomes the context around this entire thing and as far as this Kyrie piece goes the biometric things was one of them the not taking off the team or not taking off his hat during a team picture, yeah, that in was, China was that, that also one, a big one.
1: That one's a pretty unique one. Uh, telling them to Photoshop his hat off,
0: yeah, right. And then the and then the last one is um, the the mood swings one, right? Yeah, the biometric one. I've heard this from a few people on podcasts, and I agree with it for sure. Players have actively said no to this at almost every CBA in the past, few, like the f- past few bargaining tables, because this does not help them in any way as far as getting contracts. The less the team knows about their health and their biometric uh, things, the less they can get away with off the court. The less money that they're going to make because there's more information. That doesn't help anybody. Yeah. So Kyrie saying no to that straight up, regardless of. What they do as a program, I don't think bothers me too much. I think there's a lot of guys on the Nets that are young, up-and-coming guys that are willing to do all these kind of things. Joe Harris, Karis LeVert, um, I mean, you go down that roster, they're, they're all guys that I would not be surprised that would buy into this kind of thing. Especially because it seems like they have, I don't want to say had yet, have a great culture around there. Um. The, yeah. the 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 team hat thing seems like it could have been very well an, a small thing that when you hear out of context sounds like he's being an ass face.
1: Yeah. So to speak. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. I mean, maybe he was having a a really bad hair day or something. Like honestly, he, that that might be it. Right. Um. And maybe he was just having a bad day mentally right like there's yeah. so many different things again the, the whole China situation that we've talked about at length was all happening at that time exactly <laughs> over there while he was in China right so who knows and I love your perspective on as far as like the whole mental health side of things like there's just so much that we don't know and we really just kind of see and hear about the tip of the iceberg with all these kind of athletes and Kyrie being as weird so to speak, He's as, weird. as he is. Yeah, um, I think it's easy to kind of just pile these things on, right? Like whether it's the flat earth thing and now the hat thing, you just kind of put it all together. And I think it's very easy to have a negative outlook on him and his partnership with Durant and the Nets going forward kind of thing because as much as I, I actually kind of really like the way Kevin Durant said that about what he did about uh, with Kyrie as far as he's an artist and you just kind of have to let him be because I do agree what he does on the court is the most important. And the, the artist thing is a fun comparison because, yes, artists are, in a very general way, they're people that create things, and he is one of those guys on the court. Who creates buckets. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in very beautiful ways. Yeah. And a lot of artists naturally... Um, A lot of the creation or inspiration Come from sometimes deep, dark dark places Or they come from different places That maybe people don't want to talk about openly That could be the case for Kyrie, right? Um, Whether he's getting his inspiration from Conspiracy theories on the net Or the Illuminati, whatever It really doesn't matter He shows up on the court constantly Consistently Dude balls out all the time However... And maybe we'll talk about this later in the episode. I am a huge believer in the secret of basketball that Bill Simmons wrote about. Yes. where it came in, Coming from Isaiah Thomas, uh, a huge part of the book of basketball um, that we're going to be getting a second version of, it sounds like. The secret of basketball, I almost got this tattooed on me because I believe it so much. And it, it's, it's so much more than basketball itself. I think it's just kind of a life philosophy. But the quote, basketball, the secret of basketball is it's not about basketball. Isaiah Thomas told Bill Simmons this in regards to all the times that they lost getting so close um, in the late 80s and finally getting over the hump and winning those back-to-back championships in 89 and 90. Simple question, like what was the difference? And Isaiah Thomas flat out said the secret of basketball is it's not about basketball. And it was about the people in the locker room. It was the people that weren't in the locker room, uh, so to speak, and the different trades that they made. Maybe they sacrificed talent for the right people in the locker room. And I think that goes so far, not only in sports, but I would say in the workplace, in in friendships. It's not necessarily about the exact task, like the literal thing that they're doing, but all the kind of subjective things around it. And when it comes to team building and sports and with one out of 30 teams actually winning the championship, I think that matters a lot. And when you look at that Cleveland team that actually won it, A lot of people are saying Kyrie didn't talk to them for like a month. Yeah. Right? During the playoffs. During the playoffs. And they ended up being a championship team. Yeah. So this is a long way of saying, does the secret basketball just not matter with Kyrie? And you just kind of have to let him go do his thing, regardless if it kind of hurts the team mojo. And if there's a team dinner and he is the one of the 15 guys that does not show up because he's watching YouTube videos. Is that a way you want to conduct your team? Is it the best way to conduct your team when you have a guy like Kyrie on it? I have no idea. Yeah. But it's actually really interesting to think about because a phenomenal basketball player, really interesting dude off the court.
1: I fully agreed. One of the things that stands out the most uh, when you're talking about like how it doesn't help players, um, Kenny Atkinson had a good point. Like these are, these are guys with championship accolades coming to this team like a Kyrie, DeAndre, uh, KD, or at least all-star accolades for DeAndre, and, uh, you know, asking them to become part of this rigid structure uh, that the Nets have, um, KD had a, had a counterpoint, which is like like they're weary of it, and it, it's a long trust-building process, but KD sa- ultimately said, like, for all-star caliber players or basically NBA veterans, your game time preparation is ritualistic. Like, it means the world to you. And that takes me back to when you and I actually got, to, or, or when you got to ask Kevin Garnett, how do you prepare for a game or what is a game day preparation? And he kind of just broke down uh, a little bit of how he gets ready.
0: Minute by minute for some of these guys, right?
1: Straight up, yeah. And uh, they have little knacks or quirks. I-, I-, I believe in baseball and hockey, like people also like have like uh, same stick or put on the same glove or uh, piece of equipment like in order, right? Like these, guys, these NBA guys are no different. Like whatever makes them feel right. Uh, and-, and that's... Coming from a sports psychology perspective and a like just a personal ritualistic perspective, I know I don't make. Uh, you and I spoke about it. Like we don't just drink coffee because we like coffee. We like we drink coffee because it's part of our morning rituals and it, in tradition that we have now.
0: It's the process of it, right? It's, yeah. it's It's the grind. It's 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 measuring it out. It's it's the smells. It's it's the pour over. It's waiting. It's yeah. It's all those things, and it, and then it you're, all ask, matters.
1: you're asking me um, that you want to record my coffee times, and uh, judge the uh, judge the flavoring and measure it up against other other people's extracts. No, bro, let me drink my coffee. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> I just want to <laughs> drink my damn coffee, man. Leave me alone. So <laughs> that's that's where I kind of sympathize with Kyrie, where it's and and these guys coming toward this new. Uh, Th- this new sort of uh structure and uh, know in in this in this new league so uh Kyrie had a good uh ending point on it it's okay to be human I don't have to be perfect for anyone here nor do I have to be perfect for the public another route of human struggle is dealing with other people's perceptions he goes on to say they try to tear down some of the most peaceful people that's what Kyrie Irving said That's deep For real
0: And he is deep Mm -hmm. You know I actually kind of Really love The timeline we're in As far as KD And Kyrie Matching together Because I mean people have Talked about this As soon as it happened They're kind of Two peas in a pod When it comes to These kind of things And you hear them Talk the way they talk All the time now And they're so much More open about it Having them together And people have made The point even Early on in the season KD being on the bench Kyrie is only Talking to KD it's really weird. I've seen a few clips and I uh, heard a few people talking about it on podcasts. It's kind of wild. Um, I do understand that they wanted to play together and they're really good friends on and off the court. But, uh, yeah, what it's the the whole clash between having stars join. Uh, basically, I mean, like when Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson started, they had a team full of draft picks and G leaguers. Yeah, you know, and, and, they and they built that whole whole part of me culture up uh, a certain way, and then when you bring in the talent, that not even bring in. I think it's hilarious that Kevin Durant didn't tell Brooklyn that he was coming. Yeah, <laughs> he just like he just straight up put it on social. Be like, yep, chose Brooklyn. What if Brooklyn's huh. like, uh, nah? Actually,
1: nah. That would have been hilarious. Um, but yeah, it, it's. It's a tough situation for Kyrie. It's a tough situation for the Nets, and you have to sympathize for both sides. And uh, it is to credit—I mean, maybe not to credit—to give you know a little bit of slack uh, toward the Nets, um, and you know, kind of pile it on Kyrie. That's tough, man. Of course, that's a little rude. Oh yeah, right. Like he he has to come to the grips that. Um, he doesn't have to come to grips with anything. I'm just a dummy. But he has to come with grips that if he if he wants to make it work, um with his teammates and his teammates trust him. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie came out and backed him. Uh a couple oh, Dinwiddie other... was
0: pumped that those guys were coming, right? Like he was yeah. like the first guy on on social to come out and be like, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So like Nets
1: players have come out and backed, like you don't see all of it and you don't know all of it. So um so we can only find out more possibly and hope that um Kyrie finds Happiness. Without a doubt. Kyrie just released the uh, Kyrie 6 as well. With it's Nike. actually crazy
0: that there's, what year is he in the NBA? Like it can't be more, like six or seven? He drafted 2012, 2011. man. Kyrie 6 is already.
1: Yeah, he got a shoe deal quick, man. Uh, one of them has the Illuminati eye on the bottom, which is perfect. It's classic. But yeah, um, shout outs to Kyrie. Check out the Kyrie 6. It's a great uh, budget uh, basketball performance model. And uh, yeah, what do we have to close on, my friend?
0: Well, we ca- I, I kind of mentioned it quickly, but as far as Bill Simmons doing the Book of Basketball 2.0 One podcast, of the greatest basketball books ever 100%, it's an it's incredible piece of literature as far as context throughout the history of the NBA And through Bill Simmons' eyes, Like me and you both enjoy, don't exactly agree with everything he says But uh, he definitely pres- provides his own perspective and sticks to it, so to speak I'm really excited about this 2.0 thing because just the more basketball content, the better, without a doubt. I'm excited to see how he does it because one of the big things that came from that book was the idea of the pyramid, right? Yeah. So it, it wasn't necessarily just you're in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Mitch Rid- uh, Richmond is the exact same as Tim Duncan or whatever, right? Yeah. N- they're not all created equal. It's that That is very true. So the idea of uh, the pyramid and where these new pe- new players get put into it. Will be super interesting. Uh, the book of basketball was released sometime two thousand six or
1: seven, I think. The original book of basketball. Uh huh. No, he's talking about the Heat. He's talking about LeBron Heat. Uh, Are you sure? Yeah. Uh, just spoke about. He just signed with them or something.
0: Mm, 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 mm. Two thousand nine. Oh, okay. Originally published two thousand nine. What
1: do you know, bra? You know what? Hey, <laughs> I stand corrected. I'm almost certain he. Uh, Oh, no, it's because I read it around 2010 or 2011. No, wait, no, no, no. I read it around 2014. Did he update it or something? Maybe. Yeah, I feel like I read an updated version, or he he spoke about LeBron and where he's headed next.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, you're not dumb, man. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that very loud, but you're wrong.
1: I'm, I'm okay with being right? yeah. <laughs>
0: But for real, like the the idea of the pyramid is super interesting, and see where these new players shake out. Is is gonna be big time. Like just looking at it right here, guess where LeBron James is on the pyramid as far as like ranks go.
1: Number two. Twenty. What? Two
0: thousand nine. He's twenty. He had Tim Duncan at seven. Oh, oh. Kobe back, Bryant Back eight. then,
1: yeah. No, I I distinctly remember he wasn't uh yeah, he wasn't high up yet.
0: Charles Barkley ahead of him. Interesting, right? Dwayne Wade at twenty eight. So I'm really excited to see where he puts everybody. Like I how far will LeBron James get vaulted? It, will he get vaulted to 2? I know he I know Bill Simmons is a big MJ guy first. Um where do guys like Steph Curry go? Right? 3-time NBA champ, 2-time MVP, first unanimous MVP, objectively the best shooter of the basketball on this planet Earth
1: ever. Where does he go? Pass. Screw you! In 2010, Simmons released an updated paperback version of the book, cutting out 30 pages, adding new material. <laughs> there it is, man. You're you're not stupid or wrong. December 7th, 2010, LeBron was on the Heat. <laughs> but yeah, um, please continue. <laughs>
0: yeah, so I I'm just really excited to see where he goes with the pod. Um, and. I, I told you this off air But I firmly believe This is his lazy way Of doing all the work Through podcasts And double dipping With the content He's gonna get All the research out why, by, by having guests on And probably really smart guests Which I'm excited to have yep. uh, Anytime Bill has like People smarter than him That will call him on his BS Fantastic All in for that That book is gonna be released You heard it here Maybe not first. That book, Basketball 2.0, will absolutely be released and the podcast will become chapters. There's no way that not only him, but this Ringer Publishing Company that Chase Serrano basically started with releasing his books, Yeah, you better believe Basketball 2.0 will be coming out in paperback, hardcover, and it will be sold because these are also there's, there's too much money
1: in it. Yeah, and these are also the guys who did Grantland Quarterly's. Of course, that I don't think many people bought. No, but we're yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely cool. Uh, I found myself looking for them after the fact, and they were always sold out at Chapters.
0: Yeah, um, big price on eBay now for those. I remember looking at them a few months back because yeah, they're they're super neat, and those look dope on a on a bookshelf.
1: Is Bill Simmons one of the best basketball communicators of the past decade? Hundred percent.
0: Yeah, right or wrong as far as his his opinion goes, yes. Because
1: he's one of the best sports media communicators.
0: Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is, I mean, his whole thing has been kind of the fan side, you know. Yeah. And he was definitely one of the most prominent reporters first to come out and say, like, yeah, this isn't this is subjective. <laughs> I'm I'm a Boston fan. Right? Yeah. Like the Boston sports guy. That's how he started. I think what he gets across and definitely more towards basketball than any other sport. Is just his his excitement, you know. Yeah. And I think some those are the best podcasts. And I know that's what we try and do here. Is just like we love the NBA, we love the sport, we love talking about it, right? Like we don't get paid to do this. We just no. hang out on Monday nights and and talk hoop. And I think it's guys like Bill Simmons and the Basketball Jones starters guys. No dunks now. I mean, you could just go down the list. It's so fun. To listen and read people who are genuinely excited about something that you love, right? Like, that's the best content. So when when you ask or when you're saying that, like, Bill Simmons is one of the best basketball or sports communicators, absolutely. Because what he does best is just gets you really excited about things you love.
1: Yeah. And I hope we do the same. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Shout out to you guys if you're listening. Uh, by the way, somebody make us a logo.
1: Yeah, anyone, please. Anyone,
0: we'll pay you. Anyone in love? Yes, we'll pay you the amount of money of your favorite basketball player's jersey number.
1: There's no 90s, right? I think so. Should be good.
0: I was trying to be. I was trying to be smart about that.
1: Legally, 55 or 55 is like the most common highest number, right? Well, because you could do it in the
0: prudes over over at FIBA.
1: That's true.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We should be good. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, thank you for sticking around, uh, listening to us here at Gamer Runs, not only on 101.5 UMFM Live every Monday at 6 o'clock, but also in your ear holes if you're uh, listening on any sort of podcasts. Uh, you just search Gamer Runs, and you can most likely find us in most places. So thank you for tuning in to this one. Any closing thoughts, my friend?
1: No, nah, screw that. I want to go home, man. Yeah. Let's, let's uh, go watch basketball. Word.